Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Grace. Welcome to Triumph, the podcast, where we chat about all things swim, bike, run, in the lead up to our first Ironman. Whether you're a triathlon newbie, old-timer, or you simply enjoy listening to the trials and tribulations of two aspiring Ironwomen, we bring you all the oomph you never knew you needed. Hi. Welcome to the gun show. Massive guns. Let's start the podcast there. How do you feel like your body's changed over the past year of training, Grace? I've got musclier. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't got any thinner. I'm a bit disappointed about that. I thought I'd be all lean and I'm not. I'm just stronger. Yeah, same. In fact, if anything, I seem to have got some kind of lockdown spread going on, which I'm not too happy about. Right. We've got eight weeks to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but we should talk about that. We're both kind of planning for this. Well, I mean, originally we were supposed to do Vichy 2020, so that didn't happen because of the global pandemic. And obviously the world's still in a slightly uncertain situation in respect of travel. And obviously we need to travel to get to the middle of France. I am, I will be in a important, well, all trials are important, but this happens to be a particularly important one in August when this is going on. So I was basically just going to take a weekend out to go down to Vichy, do an Ironman, pop back, be back in court on Monday morning. Um, <laughs> but if the rules mean that we have to either quarantine on entering France or quarantine on returning to the UK, I can't do it because I can't take any time off work. So that's Great. all kind of hanging so, in the balance. I mean, you know this. This isn't news to you. I'm not telling you for the first time. This is you telling everybody you might <laughs> not do. By the way, Grace, nothing. might not be on the start line. But, so that's, <laughs> which means there's no point booking flights. The plan is to drive down there. I've had a hotel booked for over a year now. So that's still booked. So I'm, I'm training as if I'm doing an Ironman on the 22nd of August. But who knows? It's a very nice hotel as well that you have booked. And I'm just hoping you don't go so I can have your room. (laughs) So this is as good a time as any for me to go, even if I have to quarantine. That's a given. I am doing the thing. And Iron Man. Doing the thing and Iron Man. (laughs) Golly, what's the thing? (laughs) That's the day before. All right. (laughs) So I'm going to do the Ironman and the Ironman is going ahead. It's just, as you say, travel arrangements for people. My problem is if Nobby can't come with me, Monsula Nob, my husband, who's Mm -hmm. featured in the podcast before, is planning to drive me and all of your crap (laughs) (laughs) down to Vichy and back. So that's the plan. But if he has to quarantine, he will not come because Mm. he can't miss out on work. In summary... I'm doing the Ironman. Yeah. Nobby might not drive me there and back. Yeah. You might not even do it. <laughs> That's a very good summary. In fact, we could you could just cut out all the stuff that we said before that and just leave it at that. And so now I can cross off France sitch <laughs> on my note. Oh, you've got an agenda. Look at you. I've always got an agenda. Sometimes it's but hidden. What did we commit to last week? It was all very... I said I was going to use my imagination. <laughs> How's that gone for you? I haven't done anything. It's that whole thing of when you take a a week off work, you work like a Trojan in the lead up to the week off work. And then when you get back, you've got so much to do. You may as well have not had the holiday. So I've had that. Oh, I have dieted though. That's been quite good. Oh, that's good. Our listeners might remember that it's a recovery week. So you're off the hook. So it's supposed to be active recovery. 
Yeah, yeah, mine's been very passive. But what you did do was help me with my commitment. Yes, I did. My commitment was to look ahead in the diary and put some dates in when I could go riding with you so that my long rides weren't so daunting. You did that. Yeah. You rang me and said, here's when I might come and ride with you. Mm-hmm. And then that's my commitment done. Check. Well done. Ticked off. T- well, you're feeling, you're off. feeling ticked off about it. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about this week, Charlotte? It was your idea. It was, wasn't it? Coaching and coaches. I'm going to suggest we talk firstly about real coaches, real live people. Not the National Express. Oh, I can't believe you got there before me. I'd totally forgotten about it. So we'll talk about real life people who have coached us or coaching experiences. And then I think in each case, we'll then move on to sort of some alternatives. Because in a lot of cases, I in particular will have found other ways of achieving the same goal. Also, because we are relatively new to triathlon, Some of our coaching stories and tales and references will be to past coaches. Coaches we have known. Mm -hmm. So let's go to swim. Right. I've got through more swim coaches than hot dinners. (laughs) You're even recycling them, aren't you? So yes, I have had a few swim coaches. When we agreed we were going to do an Ironman, I signed, I joined Hampstead Tri Club. I went to a few sessions, a few of their swim sessions down at the pool, but mm. I just couldn't keep up at all. So I'd just kind of be trundling along at the back and they'd be kind of, you know, very kindly saying, great, yeah, just try and breathe. So I thought, right, I need some more sort of intense sessions. So I was working in Stratford at the time. So I went to the Olympic pool and I started having some coaching there and had a lovely coach called Ricardo. You're laughing already because you know where this is going. (laughs) And again, we were kind of in different groups. There'd be about three or four of us in the lane and we'd be working on different drills and stuff. And after about three or four or five sessions, maybe I said to him, I just don't get it. My legs are just kind of dragging along the bottom. So I said to him, I just don't, I just don't understand what I need to do. And he's normally quite good at kind of going, right, well, you just, you know, you need to work on this drill more, or you just need to think about your body rotation more, or give it, give you some really helpful tip. But he just looked at me and shrugged and just went, lead legs. <laughs> so I didn't. I like so much because you described it as dragging your, <laughs> dragging your legs along the bottom of the pool. Oh, I, it, it's always been a source of amusement to me, your lead legs. Uh, I've got a triathlon book and it gives you some of the basics and it says in the swim section, some people just really struggle with sinking legs. I think it is partly because my legs are quite muscly. Big news on Ricardo is that over the lockdown, I've seen him quite a lot. And the last time I saw him at the London Fields, Lido was excellent. He said, I know you. And I was like, yeah, Charlotte, I'm not going to remind you how you know me. And then the next time I saw him, I was actually swimming and he was also swimming. And I think he must have been working on like butterfly or something. He was doing some quite sort of technical stuff. And I was swimming in front of him in in one of the faster lanes that I'm never normally in, but I I got my fins on. He must have been in front of me and I kept overtaking him. And I could see him just looking at me like going, lead legs? (laughs) 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 You've also had sessions with Salem. Oh yeah, Salem. Mustn't forget Salem. So my brother very kindly bought me some open water swimming lessons down at Shepparton. Grace, do you want to talk about Salem a little bit? I'm just very, very fond of his, I can't even say him, I don't know him, his Instagram (laughs) presence. But we have connected on Mm. that platform because I I do fangirl over him. Mm -hmm. 
he's great though, isn't he? He's such he's, a personality yeah. for, for swimming. And obviously he specialises in open water swimming. And so he finds some lovely locations and he mm. runs courses in lovely locations, including in my part of the world. So my nearest coastal landmark is Durdle Door and he does sessions down there. He wrote to me the other day, actually. Oh, did he? Um, yeah. And he said, hi, Grace. He might not have even said my name. It was probably just a generic mailer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it said you should come to my swim clinic at Daddle Door. So when he does advertise that next, I'm going to try and get in on that. But I, I just wanted to say I almost got a little bit tearful when you were talking because of your journey with swimming. It just suddenly occurred to me what strength... This is, sorry, warning to everybody. It's a little bit soppy, but... I've always known that you are incredibly brave and bold and gung-ho and you would give anything a try but to know that you can't do something (laughs) (laughs) then to be told repeatedly (laughs) you can't do it but in order to do something which relies heavily on you being able to do that thing (laughs) (laughs) and to get to a point where you can swim you will get through it don't make that face what no because what's going through my mind at the moment is that one I think there's a very thin line between bravery and stupidity. If I do the Ironman on the 22nd, the story will be told on the 23rd as to whether it was really brave or actually just a bit stupid. (laughs) I think it must have been the first time you and I had ever been swimming together. So you'd never got to see my swimming. The first time you did was up at the ladies' ponds in Hampstead. We'd just set off and you were doing your thing and I was doing my thing. And at some point, I guess you must have turned around and gone, oh, right, okay, so that's, that's how Charlotte swims. You think of that scene of Phoebe in Friends when she goes running. <laughs> That's my swim style. But you very kindly said to me at that point, no, no, it's not, it's not that bad. It's, it's not, no, you'll be fine. Honestly, you'll be fine. And this is what people who love and care about me keep saying to me. And then the next time they see me swim, they say, oh my God, it's so much better. I'm so relieved. I really thought you weren't going to make it. Each time I'm like, that just tells me that you were lying the time before when you said it wasn't that bad. It clearly is really, really bad. Your description of me another time, I said, am I coming out of the water quite a bit when I breathe? And you said, you're like a whale breaching. <laughs> you said, I can see the whole of your back. <laughs> to me, it's just a little head tilt and just getting a sip of air. You've come a long way and you will be fine. You absolutely will be fine. Just to, to come to my coaches, for swim, I had Fran, but I only had one session with Fran. <laughs> I had one session with a swim coach. I think in my life. Yeah. Yeah, all um, right. You don't need it. Oh, yeah, that sounded really cocky, didn't it? She said, yeah, you've got the power. And I remember her saying, so when you're fit, (laughs) (laughs) which I think was a fair point, but she did give me, I have to say, in that hour, so Fran, I should just say, is um, she runs Triperbeck. I don't train with them very much. I did do some running sessions with them and that, but it's really just because of mounting costs of doing triathlon. Yes. We must talk about that at some point, but it is quite expensive to get all the right kit and then to add coaching sessions and groups on top of that is a lot. And also because I'm doing my first Ironman, I just felt like I needed a plan that was going to take me to that and needed to not get distracted by going and doing sessions that weren't in that plan for the sake of doing them with other people. And so I had to make those choices yeah my mum deserves a shout out here because she is a good swimmer yeah also she couldn't swim when I was born but she always wanted to be able to swim so when I was very very young she learned to swim at the same time as me I'm so so grateful especially now now that I love swimming I don't know if I've mentioned that 
I think it should be something that kids get the chance to do and get the chance to learn because a lot of people grow up not being able to swim like Nobby actually not swim confidently just because he never did you know not because he's incapable of it it was just not something that he was taught from a young age but we do need to talk about alternatives then to to coaching so how have I continued to develop my swim training I have looked at copious videos on Instagram and YouTube and I have to say watching others for me is a great way to learn how to swim you spot somebody in the fast lane you're very impressed by them you're going oh my gosh how are they moving through the water and sometimes I just take the time to stand at the shallow end and watch them swim a length or two for me that works well I'm quite a visual person I've got a photographic memory and I think there's probably something in that that I can then emulate what they did and find new elements to my swimming technique yeah I'm not quite there yet I mean I can look at other people but then I think I'm doing it and then it turns out I'm not but that might be a learning thing might it? it might be to do with how you learn you're maybe more kinesthetic or something bike So anyone who has arrived at this podcast this week um, via our Instagram account will have seen that um, one of my coaches that I've spent an awful lot of time with is Sir Bradley Wiggins. So I'm very, very fortunate to get some coaching from him. That photograph is taken in the Dolomites in northern Italy, where he and I both cycled the Maratona, which is a well-known sportive, three different distances. He actually only did the middle distance. Samantha and I did the full distance. And yes, yeah, so like I say, we sp- I spent a lot of time with him. How approxim- long? How long? Well, uh, I mean, roughly just about as long as it took to take that photograph. Right. But I would still consider him one of my cycling coaches. The relationship doesn't have to go both ways. It's just about what you learn from someone. <laughs> so no, sit more seriously. I, I have my cycling coaches. When we were rowing, there was a rowing camp that I went on. I don't think, well, no, I know you didn't go on it. It was in the Isle of Wight. A lot of the rowing camp was focused on cycling, so getting fit through cycling. We had Pete. He was going to pop up at some point, wasn't he? But he was our Australian rowing coach when we were rowing at university. I'm sure Grace will have a lot to say about him later on. He goes down for me as a coach who, I think we can genuinely say this, massively underestimated us until we started winning stuff. (laughs) But no, he, on that trip he was like I remember him cycling behind me everybody else had like really nice racing bikes apart from one girl Lizzie she and I were on mountain bikes kind of plodding along at the back going up a hill and it was like day three or something and I was just really struggling and just felt this hand on my back cadence Charlotte cadence so that was the only coaching tip I got about cycling the other bit was when you do that kind of you know those drills where you run in a line and then the person at the back has to run to the front and then... Oh, yeah, we call that ducks and drakes. The cycling equivalent of that. So at some point you're at the back and you're like, oh, God, I'm going to have to go up the front. <laughs> so I'd get to the front and I'd have Catherine Stewart, as she then was, now Catherine Hughes. Not only did she have a fantastic rowing career, but she's also now a really good pro cyclist. I just hear, you know, when you hear that whiz of somebody's gears, because they've just basically taken their foot off the gas and you can just hear that they're just <laughs> coasting behind you and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going as hard as I can. I do know that feeling. Yeah. You've done it to me. That was that coaching. And then the only other coach I've really had is in cycling would be my very good friend, Anna Marie Constantinou, who, who's taught me 
everything that she already knew, which she had picked up along the way and has just passed on to me. You are my only cycling coach. Well, basically everything I've passed on to you has come from Anna Marie. So shout out to her. It came to mind earlier and I didn't say it, but when I was talking about your progress with swimming, it reminded me of the time when I was cycling up a hill and I was really struggling and I said, I can't. And you went, but you are doing it. Always remember that whenever I'm going up a tricky hill. I mean, you have taught me so much. I can't, there's there's not a time I'm on the bike that I don't think of something you've said to me. Again, I was going up a hill and I got to the top and I said, oh, that was absolutely awful. I really struggled, especially the last bit. And you went, stop it. Tell me three things that were good about it. Can't remember for the life of me what they were because all I can remember is it was hellish and I didn't enjoy it. (laughs) But at the time it did help. There's some stuff that's stuck in my head from old coaches I had. So my first rowing coach at school was Doug. He was a man of few words. I remember he very specifically took me in my sort of rawest form. Just kind of went, just go out there and work hard. And I think that's probably what started my unhealthy relationship with exercising at what I now know is zone four or zone five and every single session. But one thing he did always say to me was race everything when we were rowing be a duck or a swan or a bee oh right I see literally bridge or it'd be a runner on the bank find mm-hmm. something and race it mm-hmm. and I still do that so other alternatives to sort of having a bike coach I do an awful lot of chatting to myself on the bike I got really into the idea of self-coaching during lockdown especially because of singing as well I was having I w- wasn't able to have sessions with my singing coach so I had to take myself through the process. And as you know, I got really into journaling. I did it with my training as well. I would evaluate every session, sort of say how I felt about it, things that I could learn. And I still do that to an extent. I have less time now that we're not in lockdown anymore. But I think by doing our Instagram updates, to some extent, that is me journaling. Yeah, so, accountability as well, isn't it? Yeah. Should we move on to run? Yeah. funny isn't it when you're at school obviously I'm not sure it's changed now but you just get sent out for P and it's just like right go and do 1500 meters go and do yeah. this you know whatever and you just there'd be no kind of like right to run you need to think about you know balance on and you need to be driving your knees up but I remember a PE teacher we had who was actually my friend's mum Mrs Hooper she once said to me after a PE lesson when we'd I'd done an 800 meter run so I did it, I did the 800 metres and I finished and she just came over to me and she went, Charlotte, you don't try, you don't try hard enough. An 800 metre should be more of a sprint, you should have run it. And she just walked, she just said it and then she walked off. And I genuinely think that changed my attitude to every sporting thing I've done since and probably other elements of my life where I've just kind of thought, just give it your all. From then on, I think I represented the school at the 800 metres because I was actually it was kind of my distance. It's not as sexy as the 100-metre sprints or the 200-metre sprints. Yeah. I got the distinct impression that was aimed at me then. Yeah. Pull your finger out. No, but this week, you nailed it on your running. It is, it is interesting that you say at school, you'd be picked up for a raw talent. I suppose that's a bit what I was saying about my rowing experience because when I got a silver medal on my first race up at Nottingham when I was at school and it was I was in a single skull, for anyone who's not into rowing, that's just me on my own in a boat with two oars. My mum always tells me that the, the commentator said all the way down, 
here she comes with a very unorthodox style. <laughs> um, I think Doug must have had a camera or something because he did. I definitely look back at a video. And over the years, my technique improved, but I I was so long in the stroke. I just every I was levering my entire torso like right over onto my thighs, like and then right back, like leaning like. And so yeah, anyone who's into rowing will know that it's got to be a bit more efficient than that. So yeah, so with running, I do feel it's a bit the same. There's a sort of raw talent that kids have. And they pick you up for something. And I was always distance. So, you know, you said you found your niche in the 800 metres and it wasn't as sexy as the other ones. I found my niche in the 5K. They're so, just trying to get rid I always just thought they were just trying to get rid of those kids. Off you go. See you in an hour. And there'll be other races going on at the same time on Sports Day and I'd just still be running. And I don't really remember anyone else in it. But they always identified that I could just keep going. But nobody ever taught me about running form. And to be honest, it's probably only in the last six months I've really looked into it at all. Yeah, I had an absolute win this week with my threshold test, the maximum effort you can sustain for 30 minutes. And I had read some form stuff the night before and I really focused on it and it helped massively. Oh, well, can you send me that then? You sent it to me. Oh, did I? (laughs) (laughs) I assumed you'd read it. I didn't read it. I just bookmark stuff by sending it to you and think, oh, I wish I had time to read this. I think with running, I know when I first got this Garmin watch and it has give, gave you all this data about, you know, your vertical ratio and your stride length and your ground contact time stuff. I just looked at it and thought, oh, it just makes no sense to me. It's just about yeah. distance and time and pace and heart rate. But now I started looking at that and you can get an awful lot just from the data that your Garmin watch or I'm sure other watch brands will give you yeah definitely and like it's come to fruition because I've done that speedy run and all of those dynamics match up should we move on to transition you've mentioned a bit before about Hampstead Tri Club doing their transition coaching sessions so I thinking maybe that we might try and try and interview one of the coaches from Hampstead Tri Club because yeah, cool. Dan, Dan Bingham is one of the most enthusiastic people on the planet, but he's also very enthusiastic, obviously, about try. I think it's maybe a little bit late in the day for me to be asking for some top tips on training for an Ironman. It may be too late for us, but we can save future generations. Yeah, exactly. But So I was going to use this area just to reflect on coaches we've known. I wanted to just return to Pete. Pete? Because kind of my formative years, athletically, and he was very prominent in them. So I think I do have, he has a special place in my memory. It was that you said he underestimated us as a team. Mm-hmm. We were at Nottingham and it was the first time we'd really come through as showing any sort of potential, wasn't it? Oh. The beginning of our season. And this is at the British University Sports Associations. That do. We'd beaten Durham, who were expected to win. We'd beaten them quite early on. And I remember Katie turning around to me at the end and going, I wasn't even trying that hard. And me going, <laughs> saving it for the final. We should mention our Katie. Yeah, love you, Katie. Pete maybe just thought that was a bit of a fluke, thought maybe, maybe Durham had had a bad day. And then, so we went through to the next round, comfortably won that. And then we were in the finals and we were just kind of joking around in the car park. And Pete came and found us and went, 
girls, right, you need to you need to get off your legs, you need to lie down, you need to just relax, you need, need to prepare yourself for the final. I know you've done really, really well, but you know, don't count your chickens yet. At which point I piped up and went, but they're hatching. I never forget you saying that. The look on his face was like, mm-hmm. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we went on to have the golden summer. Just win after win after win after win. But we got to Women's Henley and we were beaten by Canadians oh. to the gold at Women's Henley. I've never been more disappointed in my life. But after that, so I had a wash up one to one with Pete just in advance of the next season. And I remember him saying to me, Grace, you really, uh, you, you really impressed me last, last season because, uh, you know, you came in here at the beginning of term. With all your tassels. <laughs> I was like, what tassels? Yeah. I don't know. All that stuff you wear. He was very impressed. He said, like, even you. <laughs> <laughs> even you did all right. And you and I are also very fortunate in that your husband is a football coach, so he gets it. And my wife was a personal trainer. And I think it's the kind of career that if you have that at some point in your life, you kind of always are hold on to that a little bit so she's yeah always really good on the kind of motivation and encouragement as we heard in last week's podcast <gasps> i haven't mentioned coach phil <gasps> <laughs> we've got almost to the end of the podcast and i haven't mentioned coach phil it's because i kept wanting to say so in the absence of a real life in i mean he is a real life person mm-hmm. but he is not um, exclusively my coach and I don't see him. But what I did was six months out from the Ironman, bought a plan from my pro coach, coach Phil Mosley's online coaching program. He does all sorts of plans for all sorts of distances, for all sorts of abilities. I can't remember how much it was, about $70. What's that, please? No, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm treating you like the Bureau de Change. Yeah, let's say 60 quid. I mean, even if it was 70 quid, the best 70 quid I've spent. Mm -hmm. So it links up with Training Peaks, but Training Peaks also links to Garmin. So all my sessions go into my calendar so I know what I'm doing. They're already pre-programmed. I do my threshold tests. I put in my heart rate values, my speed, pace, and I get back the parameters for that training session. So how hard I should train, which I think is incredible. You get a little input from Phil little video from phil motivational speech and encouragement some encouragement along the way he tells you when it's halfway i mean i could work that out for myself but (laughs) i cannot recommend that highly enough if you don't want to shell out for a coach in person all right well if i don't know if that was if he was your favorite coach but i'm just going to mention my favorite coach just to end on um, which, which was so i was fortunate enough to spend a year out in california rowing at the University of California in Berkeley I was never the best rower certainly not at that stage so I wasn't in the top boat but I was I ended up being in the third boat which is called the 3v the third varsity team but I was coached by a world champion (laughs) so that's the kind of quality of the coaching you get out there Ellen Minzner who I was fortunate enough to see recently when she brought a squad over to row at Henley I just remember just wanting to impress her all the time and just wanting to wanting to get it and wanting to do what she'd she'd set. She just got the balance right between kind of because athletes can be quite needy sometimes and not giving you, you know, all the attention that you wanted, but being that motivational person. And I remember before a race 
that I did, she said the thing about the three, and also she just kind of acknowledged, you know, you're not the top boat. You're not even the second boat. You're the third boat. And she said, the thing about the third boat is no one has any expectations of you, which gives you chutzpah. I always thought if ever I get a boat, I'm going to call it chutzpah. You've got nothing to lose. Just absolutely go for it. I remember we messed up the start of a race. We, it just looked like we were just going to get left behind. Everyone else took off. And you all had Ellen with us in our minds. And that's the thing. When you've got an amazing coach, whether it's motivational, whether it's a technique thing or whatever it is, you have that in your brain when you're going through the worst bits or the best bits. They go with you. I think that's such an amazing skill for a coach to have. For me to still remember what Jean Hooper said to me when I was... 13 years old and what Ellen said to me when I was 20 years old that is the mark of a really really good coach and although I think the online coaches are brilliant there is that money can't buy great coach who just stays with you commitments for this week I don't know how because there are not enough hours in the day but this week Grace I am going to do everything on the training plan. Are you? Yes. Starting when, please? <laughs> When's it? Well, I'm, I did my five-day test to release today for COVIDs. Mm-hmm. So, so long as, that's, long as I clear that, mm-hmm. I'll be, I've got a swimming session booked tomorrow in the hope that I'm allowed to go and do it. So I'll be in the water tomorrow morning. Oh, we just got another follower on Triumph. Oh, yeah. I just got a message from Hampstead Tribe Club saying this is brilliant. Oh, how lovely. That's really good. So my commitment this week, I think what I've what I've realised, it's really ramping up now, isn't it? Some of these sessions are really long, and if they're not long, they're really hard. And some actually, of them are both. <laughs> some of them are both. Most of them are both. And I was thinking about it on the way back from the pool today, and I was just thinking, I just need to give my give myself a break either side of it. I need to make sure that I refuel properly and that I recover properly. I think it's tempting because we're in the summer and you kind of want life to carry on as normal Mm -hmm. but you kind of can't because you're eight weeks away from an Ironman and it's a bit like that is it a meme I just have to take a look at it every three months because it makes me laugh so much so for anyone who hasn't seen it actually we must get it we'll post it it, yeah yeah we'll post it again on triumph on instagram it's a stupid thing that charlotte found online about the life of a of somebody training for an Ironman no it's just constantly kind of like do you want to go out and have fun no I am training for an Ironman you are an idiot (laughs) that's my favorite bit so but it is so true and it's becoming more and more true that you know friends and family have to know that you're doing it and my friends and family definitely know I'm doing it because it's all I talk about except for singing this week I'm going to make sure that very specifically either side of my training sessions I put aside time to fuel up or refuel or prepare or wind down I'm laughing because I'm basically I'm basically thinking about just not sleeping next week (laughs) because (laughs) that's the only way I'll fit in the training plan I'm thinking if I have to sleep in the day to recover from a session I'm that's tough oh I hate you (laughs) (laughs) so we'd love to hear from you as as you can tell we just had a message Charlotte just got a message. Can I read you that one? It's so lovely. So I just had a message from Matt on the Hampstead Triathlon Club and he said, this is brilliant. I listened back to back all episodes. It opened my eyes. I can see the other side of the triathlon, the different approach to it. I think he's very politely (laughs) saying the very amateur approach. I will keep my eye on your progress. 
I really think so. <laughs> because this is the thing. Most of the people in this group are kind of like, I've just done another Ironman. Yeah, I just came second in my age group. Yeah, I just, and I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing. It's our, that's our unique approach again, isn't it? Unorthodox. <laughs> People want to watch us, not in a kind of like, yeah, go on. It's kind of like, are they really seriously? Do you think you can? Okay, yeah, yeah. Good luck you know, that. like who dares wins, and you only watch it to watch somebody absolutely. Oh, it's the jeopardy! It's absolutely, the jeopardy. So, if you're a fan of our unorthodox approach to Iron Man training, email us at triumphpodcast at gmail Triumph is T-R-I-O-O-M-P-H, of course. Or contact us via Instagram. We are at try underscore umph. And also, if you if you do like it, then like it and subscribe. We have yet to recruit more squad members to whom I'm, I can send biscuits, but uh, I must send some biscuits to Kate. Yes. All right, thank you so much. Thanks for your time. Thank you for your time. See you next week.